Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 7 The ramp dropped, and Piet trotted down it to discover that the planet formerly known as Imperial Center had miraculously contrived to become an even greater smog-filled racket than before. The pinnacles of the capital district glimmered above him in every direction, almost seeming to blink with astonishment at the sight of an Imperial Navy uniform after all these years. Traffic whined and snarled through every spare meter of sky, and directly overhead flags snapped on the spires of what had been Imperial Palace. He could remember watching on Holovid the day those flags were first run up, back when he'd been an embryo of an officer and still young enough to cheer the spectacle madly in the streets with practically the entire population of Axela. He was a great deal older and soberer now. The shine had worn off many things that had seemed so splendid back then, himself included. All the same, it gave him a pang to see those flags flaming the rebel red of the New Republic. "'Admiral Piet,' someone said and Piet realized belatedly that a small welcoming party had approached from the far side of the platform. The princess was conspicuously absent. In her stead were a handful of military types in dress whites, a Bothan senator, a phalanx of security guards, and a man somewhat older than himself in conservatively cut diplomatic robes, who was extending his hand. "'I am Mulka Falanthas, Minister of State. On behalf of Chief of State Organa Solher and the New Republic, welcome to Coruscant.' He had prepared himself to hear Coruscant instead of Imperial Center, and though the change stung, could shake the man's hand without showing it. "'Thank you, Minister. I'm glad to be here.' Cards, he hadn't been a diplomat for five minutes, and he was already lying through his teeth. The minister gestured to the Bothan. "'May I introduce Senator Borsk Failure, Senate Minority Leader?' Failure made a grudging gesture. According to Piet's brief, the Bothan was an ambitious sort who had built a career out of being Leia Organa's antithesis. He currently looked as though he couldn't decide whether to maintain his outrage at the Chief of State's indecently kind treatment of the Empire's orphans, or congratulate himself on securing a spot in such an extraordinary welcoming party. Senator, a pleasure. Failure was instantly elbowed aside by a general who pumped Piet's hand with all the glee of a hut surveying an eel-frog buffet. General Iron Kraken, New Republic Intelligence. Piet had an awful feeling he was going to be seeing a lot of Iron Crack and whether he wanted to or not. General. And this is Supreme Commander Akbar of the New Republic Defense Forces. Piet shook the aged Mon Calamarian's clammy fin and continued through the obligatory courtesies. If only the Emperor could see me now, he thought. Shaking hands with aliens, ex-slaves, insurrectionists, and senators right smack dab on his doorstep. He glanced over his shoulder as Mara emerged from the ship and was sucked directly into conversation with Iron Kraken. Ah, yes, and Jedi turncoats, too. Mustn't forget the worst blasphemy of them all. You must be weary after your long travels, Admiral, said the minister presently. Chief of State Organa Sola requested that we provide a suite for you here, if that would be convenient. He gestured at the glorious spires of the palace, where the red flags frolicked their victory dance. Piet forwards a cheerful smile. I shall be glad of it. Excellent, excellent, the minister began leading the way inside. We'll give you some time to make yourself at home, but Her Excellency would be most gratified if you would join her this evening for a state dinner welcoming you to Galactic City. He gritted his teeth. That's very kind of her. I will be honored. Stars, it was going to be a miserable two weeks. 
Dinner was conducted on such a scale as to make Piet exceedingly grateful he could still fit into his mess-dress uniform. There was the chief of state, all grace and poise. There were senators, there were admirals, there were potentates of every province and scions of every species. There was even the astonishing spectacle of Hans Solo in pressed trousers without a single engine lube stain on them. What there was not, at least for Firmus Piet, was a chance to actually eat. He cast regretful glances at the tantalizing plates that paraded untouched beneath his nose, for all these dignitaries, excepting only Solo's trousers, spent the entire evening competing for a piece of his conversation. It was flattering, he supposed, but such hobnobbing and shoulder-rubbing was light-years outside his realm of expertise. By the time the Chief of State retired for the evening, he felt depressingly certain that the only thing he'd managed to get into his mouth all night had been his foot. He'd found a nice quiet corner to catch his breath in when a hand tapped him on the shoulder behind. He whirled, reaching for the sidearm he'd left to the ladies' bridge armory, and found himself staring into a pair of green eyes reminiscent of a Hyraxian panther's. "'Hungry?' Mara asked. "'Colts, yes,' said Piet. With a casual nod inviting him to follow, she led the way around the corner, through a couple of curtains, down a quiet corridor, then suddenly leaned her palm into a decoration on one of the carved walls, at which a whole panel of it slid away. Let's take the shortcut, shall we? Do I want to know why there is an entire rat's nest of secret tunnels in the diplomatic guest suites? Piet hissed behind her as they proceeded on a series of shadowy narrow tunnels. He had to walk sideways down half of them. I'll leave it to your imagination, said the Emperor's ex-assassin. They came out somewhere in the residential levels of an older part of the palace, probably constructed in the days of the Old Republic. Instead of ponderous marble or glimstone, the walls were paneled in Orinthian cedar and intricate ivory inlay, and splendid rugs hushed every step. Piet was almost surprised, but he noticed that several of the decorative bosses in the walls concealed sensor eyes. Bioscanners, said Mara. If you'd tried to come down this corridor without proper clearances, you'd have a knife through your throat now. Piet swallowed and cast a nervous glance all around. I don't see any security personnel. Mara smiled. They're very good at not being seen, most of them, she added. And the next moment they rounded a corner, and Piet found himself face to face, or rather navel to face, with a pair of small grey aliens in hoods keeping watch over a doorway. His initial impression was of Jawas, but one glimpse of their grim, fang-riddled countenances put that thought out of his head. Maraclan Skywalker, one of them rasped, and keyed the door for them. Piet spotted a knife hilt up the bodyguard's sleeve and hastened past, sighing in relief as the door whirred shut behind him. Navigation I can help, but if it's astrophysics you're going to have to ask Chewie. Solo, standing by a complicated credenza with drink in hand and formal jacket swung over his shoulder, cut short his comments as he spotted them and made an expansive gesture. Come on in. Care for a stiff one, either of you? Fill me up. Mara shrugged her jacket off. Thank you, said Piant. One intimidated eye in her chiseled upper arms. I— Me too, Dad! A tousled brown head of hair popped up over a sofa in the adjacent sitting room. Sorry, Junior, Soa said loudly, pouring a small shot glass and holding it out towards the delighted expression across the room. Your mom would kill me. The boy flung a hand out over the sofa back, and the shot glass scooted through the air into it. Solo winked at Piet. Ma rolled her eyes. Maybe when you're old enough. Exactly how stupid do you think I am? came the princess's voice from somewhere down a hall. She appeared a moment later, formal grandeur exchanged for a blouse and a loose robe, adjusting an earring as she walked. Admiral, I dare say you could use something to eat. 
"'I certainly could,' he said. "'I didn't realize there was so little dining at a state dinner.' "'Leave it to a bunch of politicians to invite you to supper and not let you eat,' growled Solo. "'In case we needed any more proof that they all need dedicated six-man navigation crews just to find their own ass!' The princess cleared her throat, with a pointed look at the tuft of hair visible above the sofa. "'Steroids,' Solo added clumsily. "'Asteroids, Dad?' said the tuft of hair. "'Seriously?' "'Yes, Dad, seriously,' said the princess. She turned to Piet and nodded him towards the sitting-room. "'I'll get something together for us. Please make yourself at home.' Solo followed her into the kitchen, while Jane headed down a hall, saying something about calling to make sure the babysitters had remembered to put her son to bed, ruffling the tuft of hair on her way. Piet rounded the sofa in search of the most appropriate seat for an imperial admiral playing a casual evening visit to a rebel ringleader's private residence. The sofa itself was out of the question, being a morass of data pads, textbooks, flimsy, light pens, calculators, and one teenage boy hunched cross-legged over the lot. Piet noted the half-empty shot glass squirreled away in the crease of his knee. The youngster glanced up. "'Hi. Are you Admiral Piet?' "'I am. You must be... Jason?' "'Anakin!' Not the blackmailer, then. He watched Piet with bright blue eyes, much like his uncle's, currently exhibiting an intense and somewhat nervous fascination that was explained by his next comment. "'You know my grandfather, don't you?' "'Yes,' said Piet, wondering how slowly the princess was likely to kill him if he waxed eloquent on this particular topic. "'Perhaps you'll soon meet him yourself.' "'I don't know. I don't think him and Mom get along too well.' "'Understatement of the millennium,' thought Piet. "'Like Hudson Charity Drives, kid,' said Solo as he arrived with Piet's drink. "'You're a favorite Anakin by twelve parsecs.' Anakin extracted the shot glass from behind his knee with a controlling expression, and Solo topped it off out of his own glass, raising a warning eyebrow at Piet. Anakin grinned, then drank it in a rush as the princess's voice rose from the kitchen. "'Han!' "'Her favorite Anakin?' asked Piet as Solo scrambled away. "'That's grandfather's name, too,' said Anakin, "'or it was when he was a Jedi.' Anakin Skywalker, you didn't know. No, I didn't. Piet sank slowly into a trim, striped armchair. Thirty years he had known and feared the man, and only now learned who he was. A Jedi named Anakin Skywalker. It rang dim boyhood bells. He was sure that name had been mentioned by the war correspondents back during the Clone Wars. A burning urge seized him to run Holonet searches when he got back to his suite, to see if he could the real human being who'd been mummified within the mask and legend of Darth Vader. He filed the thoughts away for later. Whatever the original Anakin's social shortcomings, the second edition seems to be a perfectly amiable young fellow so far. "'What's he working on?' he asked. "'Astrophysics lab,' said Anakin, making a face. "'It's taken forever and a millennium.' The princess reappeared, a plate of cheese in one hand and a glass of green champagne in the other. Anakin, the sofa's not your desk, and I'll take that, thank you. She put down the plate and held out her hand for the shot glass. Oh, come on, Mom, I'm sixteen practically. The legal drinking age for humanoids is eighteen, young man. On Corellia at sixteen? One more reason we don't live on Corellia. Hey! came Solo's patriotic protest from the kitchen. Corzin sucks, Anakin groused, surrendering the contraband. My heart bleeds for you. Now clean that up so the rest of us can sit down. He started shoveling his homework together, muttering under his breath. Piet had a taste of his drink, then heaved a long and satisfied sigh, free of that rock-gut starshine at last. This, he said with feeling, is excellent, your highness. Leia, please, we don't stand on ceremony at home, and I can't take credit for it. Hans, the liquor expert of the household. 
She towed off her shoes and curled up on the sofa as Solo sat down next to her and slid an arm over her shoulders. And a most welcoming and peaceful household it is. A compliment never hurt. There's something we don't hear every day. Now your highnesses, said Solo. Amazing what a difference it makes having the twin terrors on the other side of the city. Now if we could just get rid of the last one. Ha ha, Dad, real funny. Anakin had relocated to a corner of the carpet, and now a sea of flimsy ebbed in and out around him as he scrawled on a series of data pads with one hand, playing a concerto on his calculator with the other. I take it Jason and Jane are out for the evening? Piet inquired to be polite. Solo nodded at the hall where Mara had disappeared. They're babysitting the skycrawler. Both of them? Four hands to one force-sensitive toddler is a pretty conservative ratio, said the princess. Trust beyond- Sith spit! The adults turned to see Anakin throw his stylus down and dump his head in his hands. I don't care what Uncle Luke says. This is 100% impossible. What is? asked the princess. This stupid assignment. We have to calculate a five-stage hyperjump from scratch, like coordinating tables and star charts and mass inertia formulas and everything by hand. He threw himself backwards against a side table. I mean, why in the nine hells do they think we invented navicomputers? Language, said the princess sternly. It's a grade, not the fate of the galaxy. Sorry, Anakin muttered. It's just so pointless. I am literally never going to have to do this. I wouldn't be so sure, Piet cut in, reaching for the cheese. On the executor, we had to calculate jumps from scratch for about 23 years before we got our navicomputers repaired. Anakin's eyes shot wide open in astonishment. You did? He nodded. And we had to build our own star charts and coordinate system first. Holy shavit, Anakin breathed, earning yet another look from his mother and doubtless a reprimand too if something had not chimed from the kitchen. There's the rest of it ready, she said. Solo went with her, leaning down to murmur something in her ear. Anakin's gaze tracked them for a moment, then crept sideways to Piet. Would you mind if I ask a question? Okay, more like ten questions, probably, because I seriously don't know what I'm doing, and the last time I tried to solve it, I killed my ship like five times. Now this was his kind of diplomacy. Certainly, let's have a look. Anakin shoved the cheese platter aside and hoisted his ocean of homework onto the coffee table. See, I'm supposed to start out at Arcania, jump to the Perlemian trade route at Raltir, and follow that to Brental, then take the Corellian around to Corellia, and back to Colimus. But I keep overshooting Brental, and then I get Pausered in the deep core. Piet raised an eyebrow. Pausered? You know, bloomed, dusted, totally death-starred. He mimicked an explosion with both hands. Piet's face was no longer capable of producing a confused expression, because confused looked too much like stupid, and being stupid was extremely high on the list of qualities Darth Vader does not appreciate in a military officer, outranked only by high treason, making excuses for failure, and playing political games. So he nodded crisply in returns to the problem at hand. Your ship's mass distribution figures and hyperdrive specifications? Anakin handed over one of his data pads. Piet flicked a practiced eye over it and sifted through some flimsy for the printouts with the hyperlane astrophysical data for the corporate end of the Perlemian trade route. Once upon a rosy time, such an undertaking would have been as foreign to him as it was to Anakin. Now he could estimate the complex formulas at a glance. He had not expected this particular skill to be useful to anyone anymore. Humming and hawing with the satisfaction of an old craftsman as he turned from the hyperlane figures to the star charts, and then to Anakin's jumbled chicken-scratch sheets of calculations— he never even heard the Elder Solos and Mara return to stare at the scene. Ah, he said at length, here's your difficulty. He circled a variable in one of the early equations. You've forgotten to account for the pulse and the gravitational flux quotient exerted by Brentel 7. What's Brentel 7 have to do with anything? Piet shuffled the star charts and found the display of the Brentel system. 
It's currently located at five degrees off its orbital equinox, which places it in gravitational pull of the outbound terminus of the hyperlane. When you hyper out, you're being towed off course by its gravity well by about 0 0.002 degrees. So your last set of calculations? Anakin plowed through his sheets and produced the corresponding page. So when you don't compensate for that angle of divergence on your outward jump, you miss the hyperlane vector for the Corellian run which drops your absolute velocity and renders your vector compensation inaccurate. You end up on a straight shot to the deep core, and then, of course, it's only a matter of time before a black hole overcomes your light-speed momentum. And that is why, if I may borrow the phrase, you keep getting pausered. Anakin gaped at him for fully ten seconds. You're a genius, he said. Dad, he didn't even need a calculator. Piet looked up and found even Solo looking impressed. Damn, Admiral. You really know the Banthus hand from its... Asteroid? suggested the princess. Tail, said Solo archly. That's something else. Especially, murmured Mara, gliding by to a chair, since his naval background is in calm scan, not navigation. Piet tried not to look too pleased with himself. Necessity, I have found, is the mother of education, as well as invention. Jason and Jane are never going to believe this, said Anakin. I mean, that is so rogue that you can do that. Carilla had used to look at him like that, ten years younger than him always bursting with adoration for her big brother, the Navy officer. He wondered for the millionth time whether she was still alive, whether she was still married, whether there had been any more children after Justice and Astria. On the bridge of a capital warship, one could more easily forget things like snacking in the living room late at night, helping youngsters with their homework, everything that went into normal family life. Admiral? asked the princess gently. He shook himself out of his abrupt melancholy and put on a polite smile. Forgive me, my mind was wandering. Do you think you can get a handle on that now, young man? I think so, said Anakin. Thank you. He transhipped his swamp of homework back to the floor, still muttering under his breath. So rogue. Piet filed away the word rogue next to powdered, bloomed, dusted, and totally death-starred. Perhaps it would be useful for impressing other youngsters who crossed his path. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blooms by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.